Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys my name is Todd, and with me as always are some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid mikey's cracking open a cold one what are you drinking there mike i've got a uncut gem amber lager from Hapa's Brewing Company, which is just a, about a block away from my apartment. So I'm very Uncut excited to gem. try this. Uncut Gem sounds like it's an uncircumcised penis beer. <laughs> I've never tried an uncircumcised penis, but this is delicious. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Stacy, mm. same question to you. How are you doing and what are you drinking? I'm doing well, uh, and I'm drinking water out of my trusty monster cup. <laughs> that is a good-looking monster cup. Josh, my good friend, got a nice beer in front of you. I know you do. What do you got? Uh, I've got a repeat of last week with Stacy's mom. I hear that beer has got it going on. Yeah. Tommy up there? <laughs> yeah. Hi. Yeah. Good end. Good end, Tommy. What are you drinking there, I'm brother? drinking some Old Camp Whiskey, Tom. It tells me it's smooth right on the bottle. Nice. And, and <laughs> I don't believe the advertising. And I decided this week to break out some Santoro Whiskey. Santoni Whiskey. It's whiskey from Japan. Oh, you got some over there, too. Santori. And why am I drinking Santori Whiskey? Because today's character we're talking about is Katana from the Land of the Rising Sun. One of Tommy's favorite characters of all time, and I'm sure he's very excited to tell us the secret origin of Katana. What do you got, Tommy? Well, I thought Stacy was doing this. This is Sta- one of Stacy's yeah. favorite characters. Sat on yeah. my hand, so I oh, would... Stacy! I thought we were just going to torture Tommy like we usually do. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not torture because it's Katana. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll get into more of why I love Katana when I talk about my specific favorite issues. Um, but we are talking about Katana, real name Tatsu Yamashiro. Uh, she grew up in Japan, uh, was proficient in martial arts, which her parents encouraged. Um, there were two brothers who proclaimed, proclaimed their love for her. Uh, and through some unfortunate events that I will talk about in a little bit, <laughs> um, she ended up with uh, a sword called the Soul Taker, a katana called the Soul Taker. Um, she trained as a samurai, and she then took the code name Katana and eventually joined uh, Batman and the Outsiders. Okay, that's a, that's a pretty condensed version of her. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, 
what are some of her powers? I mean, besides being proficient in martial arts. Her main power is her katana called the Soul Taker. It possesses the souls of anyone she kills with it, which is pretty badass. <laughs> that's her that's her main one. She she is uh once she joins the outsiders, she becomes guardian to uh one of the other characters named Halo, uh who is one of my favorite characters of all time <laughs> as well. So, uh so I guess Another power she has is being a good mom figure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> she is a good mom figure. I do, I do like that about her. The the, the soul taker sword though has a few extra powers. Also, uh, it can uh, it, it might imbue immortality, uh, kind of depending on who you believe. <laughs> yep. It also can allow certain souls to come back. Uh, I believe the soul of the brother that uh, killed the other brother for her affection was brought back because of the soul taker. Yes. Yeah, her, uh, husband, her husband was trapped in there, and by some circumstances, his brother brought him back. And forced him to try to kill Katana. Yeah. There's also a possibility that they're all full of shit and there's no magical properties about this whatsoever. And she cray cray and just talks to her sword. You know what? I like the fact that there's proof that there, there's proof that it works. Is there to talk about? Yes. All right. Are you going to talk about Cheshire? Nope. Okay. (laughs) So she has also been a member of, the Suicide Squad and the Birds of Prey, in addition to being a member of the Outsiders in several different arc- incarnations. But I don't think she's ever a member of the Justice League, which is... Oh, yeah, she was. Justice League of America. She yep. She so she's pretty much done every superhero team in the DC Universe. She wasn't a member of the Terrifics. Yes, you are correct. Just about every... Everyone that counts. How's that sound? Is that better Remember for you? Remember what he said just about? Oh, she held it. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't a member of the Metal Men either, all right? Yeah, you got me. I was wrong. She, she's been on very few teams in the DC Universe. I'm Doom glad you're part of the Doom Patrol top. <laughs> Never one of the Sea Devils. Exactly. Wasn't. Uh... She was a black box for a while. That's good. Yeah. Tommy, you suck. Oh, Sergeant Rock. <laughs> Uh, well, oh, if she remembered Blackhawk, she wouldn't have gotten her own plane anyway. Yeah. <laughs> she's uh, she's actually probably one of the more famous female heroes in the DC universe because she appears in a multitude of other media other than just in comic books. Which I th- I would I would even argue that she uh, is more important in other media than she is in comic books. Because of all her appearances in the different series. Like, she was a main character on one of the Batman animated shows. She appears uh, in The Brave and the Bold. She's one of the superhero or super teen girls or whatever that's called. Um, uh, DC superhero girls. She's one of those. Yeah. She's yeah. in Soul Sisters. Uh, she's played her, uh, you know, Katana's been a member of... Team Arrow in the Arrow WB series, and of course she's uh, was in the Suicide Squad. Movie. Yeah, she really does have a pretty uh, long list of uh, teams and uh, 
uh, media that she's appearing in. Any video games? I'll look that up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say yes. Probably. Somewhere in there. Uh, so, no, she's yeah. definitely an injustice. Lego, oh, yeah. Batman. Yeah. She's yeah. everywhere. She's everywhere you want to be, guys. Uh, I like the fact that she is in the, uh, the, the Superhero Girls one. I really... Uh, that That's absolutely not targeted to me, but it's a very cute series, and I'm glad little girls have a, their own cartoon that's aimed at them to watch. Not that everyone can't watch that, but um, uh, it's certainly uh, more aimed for that uh, uh, group, and uh, it's, it's real cute. I like it. <laughs> you yeah. guys watch it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is. I, I love the art style. Yeah, and the voice acting's great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just a lot of fun. It'll dopey fun. Um, so, uh, Mikey, when did you first get introduced to the character? Did you first hear in Suicide Squad or uh, something else or a standalone? So my first introduction to her was her second appearance in Batman and the Outsiders, number one. Uh, in that comic, she is killing a, uh, a person and accidentally kind of frames Black Lightning for the murder. Um my bad, Black Lightning. She eventually uh, makes up with and becomes friends with Jefferson Prince. But I'm going to tell you guys my favorite comic. And Stacy, if you have not read this, I will assure you, okay. I will, I will make the Michael Mann a guarantee that you will love this comic, <laughs> or I will give you the money you spend on it back. It is one Fair of enough. the Black Label comics. Uh, it is issue number three of the other history of the DC universe. And it is written by John Ridley. And like all of the other ones, he takes a uh, uh, a lesser-known uh, hero in the DC Universe, and he does a prose from their point of view, telling their own history, while they have artwork from various important comics in that character's career. Uh, I talked about it before with the Black Lightning, which was the first issue. Second issue was Mal from the Teen Titans, a.k.a. the Guardian or Gabriel, depending on which uh, version. And this one, again, does an incredible amount of justice to Katana because not only does it talk about her history, uh, it talks about her how she is indeed an outsider. But he goes into even more because as he talks about it, he talks about during the publication history of Katana, actual real-world events that were going on at the same time that reflect her outsiderness uh, as being a member of not just the Asian community, but a female in, in particular, because of the way that female, older females who are widows in Japan are treated. And also just America's black eye, uh, if you will, of how we treat Asian Americans uh, through in this country. And it talks about how uh, at the time where she was fighting for she, – she's an outsider in the United States and she's able to view the inherent racism that is the basis of the United States despite the fact – that it promotes itself as a paragon of virtue. And even the heroes that represent it don't actually s- usually typically see the the rot from within. So a very good uh, retelling of her origin. And you might not like it because in this one, 
she uh, the writer says, no, I just I made up all that stuff about the sword. I talked to it so people will think I'm uh, it's possessed. It gives me greater uh, power over people for them to think that it has some sort of magical power. <laughs> Uh, but at the end of the day, she she is an anti-hero. She kills bad guys, um, which should not put her in the same group as Batman. But Batman hopes to channel her aggression in a more favorable manner. And that's why he asks her to watch Halo and become her guardian, despite the fact that, at least according to this comic... She doesn't really have a lot of maternal instincts. Her two children were killed in a fire, and, you know, she's driven by vengeance, not grief. So it's an interesting comic. I recommend everybody check it out. It sounds like a great comic. I'm going to look at that one. Uh, Is that one that you said that was on um, uh, DC Comics? Can I get that there, do you think? Yeah, I'm sure you can go onto Comixology, or it's probably not on DC Universe yet because it came out in March. So it's usually several, you know, it takes I think four or five months before they start dropping the issues. But it's a gorgeous book. It's a, uh, for those of you who aren't watching the video of this, it's a magazine style book. So it's a larger format, just like all the others in the series. Uh, but Gorgeous artwork, and for people who are fans of the history of the DC Universe, you're going to recognize a lot of the artwork in this book. Right. It is available on Comixology. Thank you, Joshua. Uh, Josh, you're not a big, big DC guy. Do you remember the first time you saw Katana? I'm trying to think back, and it was probably something like Justice League Unlimited. Well, probably, uh, I would, I would guess Young Justice, right? I can't remember which came first. But, yeah, it was definitely in the cartoons. It was definitely in the the, the vein of the DC cartoons. It, I, it's another it's another character. I, I think she has a great character design. I like the idea of the soul-stealing blade. It was ambiguous but never said whether or not she really had powers, per se. But at some point, she was you know deflecting bolts with a sword. So I assumed from that aspect... She had some superpowers, so th- uh, but I can't really, you know, I don't really know. I did pick up, um, uh, what did I pick up? The, the uh, sword was sharp enough to cut into Captain Adam. That's true. Mm-hmm. That was. The sword also cut, uh, you know, General Zod, as we talked about last week. So, yeah, it's a tough, tough sword. That's true. Yeah. It's probably, that, therefore, the sword the, definitely has powers. That, that the, therefore it is magical if it's able to cut a Kryptonian skin. It's true. Yeah. So Stacy, you are you are vindicated, vindicated by our resident cosmonaut. That's right. And uh, I was reading <laughs> Tales, uh, the Suicide Squad Tales, and they where they focused on a single character. So I picked up um, Katana had a six issue limited series there, and in it she's trying to rescue a scientist who is trying to blend the supernatural with science. She's trying to rationalize the magic of the DC universe with science. And she's able to see the souls in the sword. And Katana's after her because she wants to rescue her husband's soul from the sword. So uh, I, yeah, I just assume that it was actual, uh, 
actual lore that the sword was indeed magic. The issue, the six series series was just okay, um, but it, it was an interesting concept that they were trying to uh, sort of break into the uh, world of the DC mystics with science. Yeah, she hasn't had very many solos, just two solo series, I believe. Uh, the one that you mentioned, the Suicide Squad one, and then she had a 10-issue ser- uh, series uh, with... Yeah, the New 52 yeah. series, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I read a part of the New 52 series um, on DC Infinite. Uh, I say I read part of it because DC Infinite is still a crappy app, and it kept having errors. So there were several issues where I could only read part of them. Um, so, and I thought that series was okay. Um, uh, I liked the fact that that when Killer Croc destroyed Soul Taker, broke it into bits, all the souls came out, and some of the souls were were telling her that when she was talking to her husband, they were they were whispering back to her. And it wasn't always her husband that was talking back to her. Um, and that it was really trickster soul that was talking back to her and other things. So I thought that was kind of an interesting take of, you know, yeah, you may have been talking to your husband, but it wasn't always your t- husband that was talking back to you through the sword. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. <clears throat> Stacy, what's your favorite? Part- yeah, I cut you off. <laughs> going to say, unfortunately, I didn't get to see how the Soul Sword was remade because that was part of the comic that was cut off for me. Thank you, hmm. DC Infinite. If you know the answer to that, go ahead and write us at <laughs> luckybastard at the longboxguy.com Hashtag spoiler. <laughs> Stace, what's your fave? Uh, my favorite Katana and my favorite one of one of my absolute favorite comics of all time is the superhero, the single superhero comic I read as a kid. I read mostly Archie comics. That's how my mom taught me to read. Uh, and then I, my uncle bought me a stack of Batman and the Outsiders comics. He bought me Batman and the Outsiders number one. And then um, at the time we lived near Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, there's, well, there's still a version of the same store, uh, but there was a store on Broadway, downtown Nashville, called The Great Escape. And they are still a great comic and toy shop and used records and all kinds of dead media. Um, but they had quarter bins, and my uncle would give me $5, $10, whatever, and say, see how far you can stretch this. Um, so I bought Archie comics for the most part, but then when I started getting into Batman and the Outsiders, that's when I started buying. So, um, so I, I mainly, uh, for this one, I reread, uh, the origin of Katana part one and part two, which we've, we've, we've talked about, we've talked about the origin. Um, I also want to point out for people who are watching the video there's a beautiful Advanced Dungeons and Dragons uh, in television oh. ad on the back of this one, and it's gorgeous. Oh, um, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, Go on. So pretty. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, the, you know, we, we've talked a lot about about her sword, 
Um, I also want to just give a, a huge appreciation to how beautiful an artist Jim Aparo is. Like, yes, this is this is so pretty. Look at this sword. Like, it's in her katana. There's the outsiders. Uh, Halo metamorpho Batman. Um, if you, so, you want to see how pretty that is and you're listening to the podcast, we're going to post this entire podcast as a video also on our YouTube channel so yeah. you can actually see that picture. And it is really pretty. You're correct. Yes. Um, so uh, so the first part is kind of a modern story where uh, she has somebody after her. She doesn't know who is. She finds out that it is her uh, brother-in-law who did murder her husband. Um, he's mixed up in the Yakuza. Uh, she thinks that she has to leave. She leaves uh, She leaves Gabby, or Halo, a note and says, don't try to find me. I, I, I you know, I'm leaving. And uh, they follow her to Japan to her surprise. What are you doing here? Well, we love you, you dum-dum. We came here to... Uh, we came here to help you. Whatever, whatever you need, we're a team. And uh, you know, I think through the whole thing, I feel like this issue really cements her feeling as a part of the team, where she feels like less of an outsider. I mean, they're all outsiders, but she feels like less of an outsider. Um, in the meantime, uh, the head of the yakuza uh, has Takeo, uh, the brother. Do, a, uh, do this ritual to uh, well the, I missed something their swords get switched so he has the soul taker uh, and releases not only her husband um, but some other I'm guessing super villains that she's killed uh, shuriken uh, <laughs> uh, blow dart anthor stone axe uh, and then uh, nunchuck <laughs> um, you just so naming weapons. He also killed Psy, but Psy was just an old Jewish guy. Oh no, Psy was actually her name in the criminal syndicate. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I thought so, Psy was just a depressed kid she killed. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so then, in the in the second issue, the in the origin of Katana, you get her true origin story you learn about uh the murder you learn about how she had a family and she was very happy and that was all taken away from her and so that's when she decided to become a samurai and uh they end up having to fight uh, fight the brother then she ends up having to kill her husband uh she well she didn't kill him the first time but she ends up having to kill her husband uh, to release his soul uh, so it doesn't get trapped in the sword. Her uh, brother-in-law's soul actually gets trapped in the sword. Because uh, the brother-in-law was controlling the husband to make her attack Katana. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting story. It, it explains so much of my own origin story in terms of, as I got older, I became very interested in, like, samurai movies and kung fu movies and, um, you know, the anything that, you know, Lady Snowblood and Kill Bill and all of the stories that have to do with uh, women with swords that wanted revenge. <laughs> so 
Um, so yeah, it's it, like I said, it's it's a big part. Batman and the Outsiders in general is a big part of my own origin story. Uh, Katana is a big part of that. Well, that's great. I love hearing the passion you have for that character in your voice there. And, and at one point, Katana is killed by Cheshire. Or not, excuse me, not Cheshire, Lady Shiva. Yes. Lady Shiva, the baddest ass assassin in the DC universe. Sorry, Deathstroke, you pedophile. Take a back seat. It's Lady <laughs> Shiva. Lady yeah. Shiva kills Katana with her own sword. And Katana, through force of will, is able to escape and resurrect herself by, by escaping from the soul sword. And one of the reasons why she decides to come back and not just go into the afterlife when she had the opportunity was because she does not feel she's worthy of her husband and children anymore because of all of the crimes and sins that she's committed. So she has a heartbreaking tale that you don't find in a lot of superheroes. And again, that's probably because she's an anti-hero. Uh, that she's got this great tragedy about her. It's a great character. They should really do, uh, they should really give her her own series again and get a yeah. really good writer for it. Yeah, and, and I would say, honestly, and, and I'll, I'll save it for when we eventually talk about the rest of the Outsiders, but uh, I would say that is, even, even as a kid, that was one thing that I loved about Batman and the Outsiders is that they all had this depth and this sadness to them, like Metamorpho, is a very sad character. Halo, um, Halo has a, a pretty sad past. I mean, everybody has some some semblance of loss or you know the the reason that they're outsiders. Um, so, yeah. except for that, except for Batman. Except for Batman, but you know, Batman, he's a part of it, but he's really not. Like he just kind of swoops in and does his little bat thing, and then. Then nopes the fuck out of there, because and then leaves them to deal with their problems. Yeah, he Batman is kind of a minor character in Batman and the Outsiders, and it's mm -hmm. it's a shame that they that's what it was called. I understand because they wanted to sell books, and Batman sells books, but it kind of makes the Outsiders seem like they're a backup band to the star Batman, and that's that's not really what the comic is about, Mike. Uh, uh, Mike Barr, right? Mike Barr, yeah. Uh, and uh, did a great job writing that series. And if you had asked me uh, maybe a week ago what my favorite was, I would have said also Batman and the Outsiders. Uh, but this weekend I got the, uh, the incredible privilege of sitting next to Tony Isabella, and I made the incredible mistake of asking him what he thought of Batman and the Outsiders. <laughs> and for the first time ever, I got Uncle Tony to drop an F-bomb. That is true. On a panel, you can ask Diane. <laughs> I, I warned you not to mention that. You can't dangle that kind of bait in front of me <laughs> and not expect my big old fish mouth to go gulp, gulp, gulp. Uh, Tony Isabella really did not like Black Vulcan being part of the Outsiders. Or Black being Lightning. Beholden. I'm Black sorry, Black Lightning. Lightning. Thank you. Uh, Black Lightning to be part of the Outsiders at all. And um, was particularly vexed by having him uh, in any way, shape, or form associated with Batman. So, uh, listening to Tony kind of ruined the... I liked The Outsiders until I sat next to Tony for 10 minutes over the weekend. <laughs> um, and my exposure to Katana was almost exclusively 
in the, that first run of Batman and the Outsiders, and I did like the character. And also, I like seeing her show up in the Suicide Squad, so I think that's the only two times I, I saw her before I did a little research on her this week. Fun character. I like her. She's got a lot of different costumes, too, but I think I like the latest one with the uh, the half mask uh, and the uh, leather jacket. I think that's uh, probably my favorite costume of hers. She, she did go through a few costumes. Anyone want to put the last words on Katana? Maybe Stacy, since this is one of your faves. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would just say if it's a character that you're not familiar with, there's obviously a lot of a lot of material out there. Um, something we didn't mention and something I had forgotten about until we were doing show prep was uh, her role in Blackest Night and oh, yeah. how the sword, the sword kind of let her know what the Black Lanterns were up to. And uh, I had completely forgotten about that. So. That was a cool thing to uh, to revisit, but yeah, I mean, I <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tony Isabel. <laughs> I, I understand why he has the feelings he has, but uh, and the Outsiders, it's it's a fun '80s comic, and yes, there is there are things like uh, Baron Bedlam, which I mean, I think he's a fun villain, but his name's kind of silly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff in there. There's a lot of good stuff with. Uh, Katana and Halo again. That that kind of guardian child relationship. Um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of beauty in it. Like I said, I'm a fan. All right. Hey man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jay and Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box Comics Talk for comics fans. Well, I guess that'll bring us over to the front of the long box. Uh, Mike, what do you got in the front of the long box for? Well, a few months ago, I talked about a life story of uh, The Amazing Spider-Man by Chip Zdarsky. And now Marvel Comics is doing another life story, taking the Fantastic Four decade by decade. And it is written by friend of the podcast, Mark Russell. Uh, It is the Fantastic Four life story. The first issue just came out this past week of the... 1960s it you know we are huge fans of mark russell here at the podcast this is not your typical mark russell fair um there is not a lot of uh things that make me laugh out loud in this comic it is more of a love letter to the fantastic four however there if you are a if you love continuity then this might not be the comic for you because Mark Russell is retelling the um, the Fantastic Four and its origins in this comic, and he is taking creative leeway with it. At first, I was a little turned off about it, but then I thought, these are all imaginary characters, and I need to get over myself. And uh, then I enjoyed the story for what it was. I think he, it's tough trying to uh, nail the Fantastic Four, but uh, I I have good feelings that the rest of the uh, series is going to progress and make them more of a family than they did in the first issue. All right, well, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to reading that one. And then you said it just came out. It did. All right, I'm looking forward to it. So that's the front of the long box. What's at the back of the long box, my good friend, Tommy? I have Southern Cross by Becky Cloonan, Andy Belanger, and Lee Lowridge. 
It is a story of a woman whose sister has died on the moon at Titan. She was uh, part of a drilling uh, drilling crew, and she, she was dead. So her sister is going out there to claim the body and suspects foul play. And it's kind of a little bit of detective story with science fiction. And um, she discovers that there's a, a sort of a, a, an artifact that opens up a gateway to to these beings from another another sort of dimension from another side of, of creation, if you will. Uh, and it's a very interesting comic. Um, and it's very well done. Uh, it's a little trippy and weird in some places. It has some graphic nudity, if you will, uh, in some places. And That's, I will. Didn't really need to be there. What? And I will. And you will. <laughs> uh, so it's a little trippy in some places, but it's a, so far it's a very interesting book. I've read the first two volumes, and uh, I can't wait to see how it ends because uh, it's still an ongoing book. Um, but... It's like I said, it's very intriguing. A little bit of action, a little bit of science fiction, a little bit of detective work, a little bit of sort of um, mysticism, if you will. Kind of this, you know, creatures from the other side of creation that are kind of coming to to take possession of the human race and uh, and sort of possess possess people uh, and take them as their own. And uh, it's it's kind of interesting. What publishing uh, company? I believe it's an image book. Let me just verify that. Yeah, it's an image book. Okay. Cool. So, but the art is really well done, and uh, like I said, the the story is intriguing enough for me to to want to continue on and read the rest of it. So. All right, that sounds like one I'm going to take a look at. Stage, you got a toy for us today? I do. Toy. Give me the toy. I do. Um. So we were talking about Katana, who is kind of, I mean, I would say she's fueled by vengeance, uh, but she's probably driven a little bit by grief. And I just got this figure the other day. Uh, here's another woman who is sort of driven by grief, and that is our Scarlet Witch. Oh, I, like so. uh, I like the little, um, the, 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 the flames the coming out from yeah, 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 pretty cool. Um, so she is a Marvel Legends. She is in the most recent wave. Uh, it's it's kind of a, a Disney Plus wave because there's a Loki figure, there's Scarlet Witch, there's a Vision, um, Sam and Bucky and Baron Zemo, uh, and. So they're all, you know, their likenesses in the MCU or the Disney Plus. Um, she also comes with these really cool translucent pink hands, which are kind of hard to see, but... No, I can see those fine. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but she's... The likeness is really good. Um, I'm, I'm, impre I'm continually impressed uh, by what Hasbro is able to do with the, the digital face printing. Um, with those and, and with the Star Wars Black Series figures. So, um, yeah, she's she's taken up residence on my desk, at least until I fold her into the rest of my <laughs> Marvel Ladies collection. Well, all right, that's a great-looking one. That wasn't too much of a tangent, but that's Josh's purview anyway. Josh, you got a tangent for us? 
Yeah, so we're talking about katana, literally the word sword in Japanese. And so I would, uh, I thought I would stretch that into the, uh, to our little distraction here. So who is your favorite on-screen swordsman? And what this kicked off for me was recently Henry Cavill has been showing interest in the reboot of The Highlander, which would be directed by second chair to chess player Chad Stahelski from, <laughs> <laughs> from from Mike's high school. So, uh, barring that he was not a great chess player, uh, he was a great stuntman. And he's, uh, he's gone on to, uh, to be uh, at least uh, beloved by Keanu Reeves. And he has, he has actually taken the reins to one of my favorite childhood movies, and we actually know how to track him down because we know where his parents live. So if he doesn't, you know, assuming he doesn't screw that up, we can leave him alone. But other than that, uh, where are we going with your your favorite? Entre- and I'll say, I'll say lightsabers count just just because favorite on screen swordsman. I just want to add that the only thing I can chick kicks, the only time I could kick Chad Stahowski's ass is on the chess board, and that is it. That's fair. <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah. somebody. And Chad, we know you're not listening. But we know you're not listening. But if you are, you want to be on the podcast? Just give no, us a I call. I just want to get my head cut off in Highlander. For fuck's sake, just let me oh. pull a sword and have my head chopped off in Highlander. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's not so much to ask, really. Really, isn't no. it? Yeah. I will I mean, stop in your parents' house as long as I get my head cut off in that movie. About that. So, I mean, <laughs> is it too much to ask for, like, one opening scene with, like, 30 extras that come out with swords that get their head cho- no, chopped off? No, really? no, not at all. Not fucking all. There can be only one. You have to kill a lot to get to yeah, be the only one. to get to one. Yeah. So I will say, although the Highlander movie was amazing, I really did enjoy the TV show. Oh, me uh, too. Uh, I I went out of my way to buy every season uh, of it on DVD when I had the opportunity. Uh, so I will say Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod is my favorite fictional swords person. Do you remember the actor's name? I'm trying to. Adrian Paul. Adrian Paul. Adrian Paul. So Adrian Paul comes to Massachusetts sure. every year and teaches a uh, big workshop on um, on stage combat. It's very popular. Yeah. Yeah, I like Adrian Paul too. I mean, he he's a, a good swordsman. He put yeah. in a little bit of work. Yeah. He put the time in. Yeah. He did. He, he did. He put the time in. Uh, no one's gonna like mine. It's Justin Chambers. I don't know who that is. Uh, the Three Musketeers that no one liked but me. Is it recent? And is it the Disney one? <laughs> no, yeah. no. It's uh, what year was it? Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page here. It's 2011. It was directed by uh, uh, someone that I liked. Justin. Uh, director Peter Hyams. I don't I, you're just saying words. Like, are you? Even, yeah. Go yeah. to the musket. The musketeer. The musketeer. The musketeer. 
The Three Musketeers was, was one of my favorite books of all time. I love that book. The, you know, it's, it's Justin Three Chambers. Musketeers is a fine chocolate bar. Yeah. From Grey's Anatomy? That guy? That's the guy I'm looking at. I'm like, am I looking at the right guy? He said nobody was gonna like it. I <laughs> love I... the Musketeer. It really. This came right when you and I, Josh, took up the sword. The movie The Musketeer came out. Um, it's two thousand. The Musketeer, two thousand eleven. Uh, it had a very Japanese or, or Ch- I'm sorry, Chinese martial art kind of feel. Do you remember when the sword fight on the barrels? Yeah, except that was ten years after we took up the sword, but. Sure. Yeah, we That's took the sword in like 1999. <laughs> so, That's when I started doing the damn splits. What character does he play? Nutanian. Oh, oh, the worst of the yeah. musketeers, for fuck's sake, Tom. He was the best <laughs> of the musketeers in this movie. <laughs> uh, hey. That's okay. You can like what you like. You can like we should not you shit on you for liking favorite? what you like. We should I, I not be were... Swordmaster gatekeepers. It is our, our bad. Thank I you. apologize. Yeah. I apologize. You like what you like, buddy. Thank you. I'm going to post on our Twitter page later on the fight scene that turned it for me where he's fighting on these barrels, and I just love it. And what's the Twitter account for our new fans? Uh, that would be the Logbox guys. Yeah, at the long box, guys. That's right. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. I, I, love, I love the sword fight the Princess Bride, too. I know it's not very oh, accurate. Yeah. I know it's not great. And uh, Seahawk. Uh, uh, Seahawk, that was a terrific sword fight, too. That's all the way back to... Um, Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn, thank you very much. That oh. <laughs> was like Seahawk from Princess of Power? Yeah, no, the I- Seahawk. That's who oh, I'm cosplaying at Dragon Con, so. Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Seahawk from the Princess of Power. That's going to be my, my Dragon Con costume. That is awesome. That is awesome. By the way, oh, no. we have been, we have been guessed, uh We have been guest to yeah. all do a different Doctor Who, and I've already called Tom Baker, just so you know. You bastard. <laughs> hey, there's 11 of I don't know any other Doctor Who's, so I... Is David Tennant a Doctor Who? Or is he yes, something else? you got David Tennant. I got Tennant. That's right. an easy one. I, I call dibs on the dude with the fez because I have a fez. That might be Tennant. <laughs> no, that's no, not Tennant. Uh, yeah, you got the fez. Okay. Okay, I never watched it. So. All right, so, so there were two that had a fez, so I'm tasking Mikey to go as William Hartnell. Oh right. Yeah. That's fine. I have never watched this fucking show, so it doesn't matter. I have I Tommy, you still haven't said your favorite swordsman, have you? Alright. So for Flash, I mean for Flash I like Yoda, but for comedy, I've gotta go with Bruce Campbell from Jack of All Trades. Jack of All Trades was a fun show and there was some fun sword fights in that. Good call, Tommy. I mean but for accuracy, I would go with the, the, the sword scenes in the Count of Monte Cristo I thought were were very which, accurate. Which Count of Monte Cristo? Uh, I don't know. It was, the it movie, came out, fuck off! It, it was like seven. It, yeah, but, but it, I came out like, I don't know, early 2000s? Oh, yeah, you're thinking of the ones with, uh, um, fuck, what's that guy's name? Oh, yeah, that dude. Yeah, that dude. Yeah. That dude. No, not dude. Oh, 
guy. He's like the guy from Memento. He's like the bad guy, right? Guy Pierce? But the good yeah. guy was the guy from El Mariachi. Yeah. What? No. Oh, no, uh, no. Banderas. No. no. Nope. Well, Banderas did do a pretty no. good man. No. Uh, he did do a pretty good one. No. He was in Zorro. Different. Yeah, you're thinking Zorro or. You're thinking like Zorro. No, no, he's right. Antonio Banderas was in the one that Guy Pierce was the bad guy. What? Yeah. Yes, that was the. He was the. He was the Count of Monte Cristo, and his sidekick was that other character actor that no, I knew. Antonio oh. Banderas was not the guy from. Yes, the he was. Yeah, actually, it was okay. not. I'm looking at a picture of a guy that looks like Antonio Banderas. It's not Antonio Banderas. Oh, th- does it just look like oh, Antonio Banderas? It's Jim. It's Jim Caviezel. Oh, oh you're right. I get those two confused sometimes. Who is the sidekick? I love that uh, guy too. Uh, yeah, the guy, the the uh, Hispanic guy who uh, has the he's... monster drink company. Yeah, yeah, he's terrific. I like him too. He is terrific. You're right, Jim Caviezel. I, I do get those two guys mixed up. They look a little bit alike. In my mind. Well, it, in this picture I looked at, he did, but I was, after looking at it, I, yeah, I was wrong. It's a good movie. It's not a bad one, there, LT. Yeah. I kind of like it's the training scene with Trisman as the, the sidekick. Uh, I love Guzman. Everything yeah. he's in. Yeah. All right. Name of something he's been, I didn't like. So, for fun, of course, my... I do like Tankin. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead and say it. Oh, Mandy sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that was, I, I almost picked that because that probably, he probably is my favorite swordsman from childhood but my favorite swordswoman is uh i mentioned it earlier but uh uma thurman's character the blood splattered blood splattered bride in uh kill bill or beatrix kiddo so i would say it would be half uma thurman half zoe bell uh, because zoe bell was her stuntwoman um, and I would also give a shout out to I believe her name is Michelle Smith, who was the uh, who was um, what's her name Daisy Ridley's stunt double in uh, the sequel trilogy. Did a lot of the lightsaber and bow staff uh, stuff. She's super fun to follow on Instagram. She's amazing, <laughs> and she she will every once in a while post videos to kind of show you how to start learning how to do some of the, like, saber twirls and stuff. Not that I've tried, because I don't want to everything in my house. Michelle Smith. I took classes with Michelle Smith. Oh, well. I took, like, a year classes with her. She's terrific. Uh, They were all online, and she's great. And you could, if you want to take classes from her, you can just do it online. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's very, very uh, uh, amicable to that. Go to her website and uh she does group online classes she does personal online classes i learned a lot about uh i took her staff twirling because she's yeah. like if you ever seen her twirl a staff she's a world she's not just yeah. a world class but she's a world champion baton twirler that's how it started of course and if she's not in a star wars movie at some point fuck you look she, she has been well, she, has she was she no. was daisy ridley's yeah, she was Daisy no, Ridley. I want her. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> as, as a, a stunt person, I want her as a yes, character absolutely. wielding a, yes. a lightsaber staff. Yeah. She is the bomb. Yeah, I took a, I took about a year's worth of lessons from her. So uh, whenever you see me doing the my fancy staff twirls and my rocket and my other few things, uh, that's when me and Josh were doing lightsaber stuff. Uh, that that's all from her, directly from her. So, Patankin, I would say, is my my 
comedy. I love him just seeing him on screen, and plus, I love Patankin. If you're not following Manny Patankin on Instagram, you're just wrong because his shit is hilarious on there. Uh, and I'd say for realism, I'm going to go with Harvey Keitel and The Duelists. The Duelist. Now, there was a movie. Keitel was really ripping it up as doing some fairly realistic sword play in that. That last fight scene in The Duelist? Wow. That was some good stuff. It's a good movie. Good movie. All right. Good call. Good call. Good call. <laughs> All right. I guess that'll just about do it for us. We the bank for it. We oh, no, that. sir. No, sir. You have to tell us about Pensacon. That's right. I did go to Pensacon yeah. over the weekend. I was wondering if we're going a little too long for time, but I'll, I'll give you some of the basics. Uh, I did uh, five panels. Unfortunately, none of the boys could make it. Uh, everyone had some uh, very, very legitimate, very good reason for not being able to make it in the middle of a move, health reasons, all kinds of, uh, of uh, things. Uh, I flew down to Florida on Thursday. I did five panels solo. Uh, well, I shouldn't say solo because I was with the uh, the great Tony Zabella for two of them. Uh, he joined me for stupid supervillains that we love. I found out the greatest little fun fact. Do you know that Tony's the guy that came up with Kite Man's real name? He came up with Charlie Brown? He came up with Charlie Brown, and he's the guy that coined that. I did not know that until he told me. Uh, and I'm like, holy shit, we talk about this all the time. It's one of our favorite now I'm to get our favorite uh, secret identity names of all times. I had no idea he did it. And he worked on Kite Man a few times. Uh, we also talked about uh, Stuntmaster, another character that he came up with that had a ridiculous premise but actually ended up being kind of uh, cool. We talked about our new favorite stupid premise but actually is a really cool character, which is Onomatopoeia. Uh, if you guys don't know this character, this character is – like the stupidest name I've ever heard in my life. It's actually kind of a terrifying character. So uh, we did that. And then he joined me for uh, Horrible Stereotypes in Comics, uh, where we uh, talked about that. Then we went on to a karaoke night, which was a lot of fun. We did um, the Once More with Feeling uh, uh, from the uh, Buffy universe. And that was a lot of fun. Everyone saying a lot to that. And then we did Dr. Horrible, and I got a little gift from God. There was one girl in the audience who said, oh, joy, I've never seen this. I'm so looking forward to it. And I got to stare at her and watch her heart shatter when she realized there was no happy ending. <laughs> and she was so hurt. And she's like, but, but, but. And I'm like, no buts. There's no buts. It happened, and it staying happened. Bad horse wins. No happy ending. Fuck you. <laughs> and she openly wept. It made my night. <laughs> uh, but she was also having fun with it, too. She like, just couldn't believe how good it was and also how sad the ending was. None of us could. Uh, the first time we saw it, I mean, I couldn't the first time I saw it. I mean, it was so good, and the ending is just so rough. Uh, it was almost a happy cry because she, like, it was so good also. I mean, that kind of ending is just so different. Uh, then we had our roughest one of the night, which was um, right versus left, how politics play out in comic books. So I did this in Florida, <laughs> where I had a guy in the front row wearing a Trump T-shirt and a Make America Great Again hat. But it ended up being a great conversation, actually. The guy was um, 
it was very, very hard conservative, but not impossible to talk to. Um, we actually found common ground on a couple of issues. And in the end, I think that he had to admit to himself and he admitted it to the audience that he's slightly more moderate than he thought. So, uh, and that was good. Um, you know, having the conversation with people who are all the way to one side or the other is difficult. But in the end, I think a lot of us are much more moderate than we think. Like, I'm a super liberal. I, you know, I'm a very liberal guy. But there are a couple of things that I vote a little conservative on. Uh, I had to admit to myself when I lived in California that Governor Schwarzenegger was a pretty good governor. So I had to vote for him. He was doing a good job. I had to vote for him. As a crazy liberal, it kind of killed me a little bit. But I did. Even my wife, who's a way more liberal lib than I am, voted for Schwarzenegger. He's doing well, a good job. I I think when you, you start retracting to smaller politics, things change, right? Massachusetts yeah. historically has always done very well with a moderate Republican as a governor and a very liberal Senate and Congress. So yeah. it's it's different, I think, once you get to the – the different stages have different feels to them. Yeah. So uh, all in all, the, the, the con was great. Uh, everyone stayed as safe as they could. Uh, Steve Wise, kudos to you, man. You did a great, great convention. Also, we made a, a great new friend. In the uh, guise of Emily Witten, who wrote a great graphic novel called Underfoot. Has anyone read Underfoot? Nope. nope. Underfoot is the story of a hamster, a group of hamsters who go on this adventure. Uh, it's age appropriate for uh, younger kids, but it's exceptionally readable by anybody. Uh, it reminds me a lot of, um, uh, what's that one with the mice? Redwall. Red, it reminded me a lot of Redwall. Thank you, Josh. Uh, totally readable by any age group. Uh, even reminded me a little bit of uh, Watership Down. Uh, great, 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 great graphic novel. And she joined us for two panels also, uh, including Stupid Super Villains. And she was a delight. Hmm. Um, and uh, hopefully we're going to have her on more panels. She also plans panels and does conventions in the Chicago area. So uh, hopefully she's going to ask oh. us to come up to Chicago at some point. Uh, so. She is she local to Chicago? She is. So I think cool. so anyways. So uh, take a look at her. I'll post up uh, one of her books on our Twitter page at some point because she was a total, total great person. Uh, super fan Diane loves her before this. That's how I got introduced to her. And we all bought hamster ears because uh, she was selling hamster ears. Uh, and that is uh, Pensacon in a nutshell. Had a great time. Can't wait to come back. Uh, Petscott has already announced its uh, next show, which is going to be in back in February for Yay. next year. So we're in. We're yeah. in. I'll tell Steve. Oh, also, I should mention that when we did Last Nerd Standing, we were in the Rex Theater, and it is a theater. So we had a giant screen. We had a lot of people. We had a great, great time in that. We pretty much filled up a movie theater with people screaming at their top of their lungs, super horse. Did, 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 <laughs> let me ask you a question, because every year we ask the exact same questions. There was that one kid that cheated every year in the front row. <laughs> he was back again to cheat. He was okay. back again to cheat. Okay. Yeah. But I put a monitor on him in the guise of Chris who you guys might remember was 14 last year. It is, for some reason, 27 this year because you grew a foot and a half and put on like 100 pounds of muscle. <laughs> so I, I put him right... Yeah. <laughs> but he still has a baby, baby, baby face. Uh, so I put him 
right on that guy. <laughs> like, if he doesn't say anything, you make him sit the fuck down. And I changed a few of the questions as I went along. So uh, instead of just asking who was in the picture with me uh, for some of the stupid or bad uh, con pictures, I said, what did they star in to become famous? Or what were the first movie they were in? Or what federation were they a world champion in? So I changed it around a little bit just to throw that guy off. So um, good time had by all. Can't wait to come back next year. In a nutshell. Boom. And a lot of people were asking for Tammy and Ian. Because they know we're associated. I got asked for my autograph no less than five times straight. And I also had people asking, is Tammy and Ian coming back? So uh, hopefully uh, we'll see them back. And that brings us to plugs, I think. Yeah. Who's Tammy and Ian? Ian? I'd like to plug (laughs) geekorthodox.com. 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 Hello, Tammy. GeekOrthodox.com, purveyor of fine t-shirts and other geeky things, such as baseball t-shirts, stained glass prints, hats, socks, you name it, they got it. T-shirts, everything you need, they got Tommy, stand up and show off that beautiful shirt to our, our viewing audience. That's not standing up, you piece of he shit. He can't. He's underneath the staircase. Yeah. He's in Harry closet. Potter's studio. Fine, Harry Potter. Yeah, next time, Tom, just give him a sock so he can get out of there. What's <laughs> wrong with you? No sock for you, you prick. <laughs> well, I'd like Tom, to take Kirby. Put your camera down. Let's see yours. Well, I'll just stand up. I oh, can't. he can stand up because he's down under a closet. That's a great teacher. I would like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check him out at KirbyCracklemusic.com. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you might be thinking, what music is he fucking talking about? That's because we have a podcast where I actually edit it and put music and shit in it. You should check that out wherever you get your podcast. We're pretty much on everything. Stitcher, Podbean, uh, Google iTunes. Play, iTunes, or whatever it's called. Everything. Verbal, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, we're there. We're, we're like a, a venereal disease. We're everywhere, and you can't seem to get rid of us. Except with a little comb. Or you could go to our website at the or thelongboxguys.com, and we will tell you where we will be, and you will have everywhere else in the world to be. <laughs> if if you, you want to avoid us, we will tell you every other place on earth to be except the one place we're going to be. That's a pretty good deal. And we update that website at least once every three years. So it's pretty damn accurate. After every single major war, that thing gets up there. That's right. Last troops out of Afghanistan, right? I updated it. Boom. Bam. Salt 2 Treaty. Updated. Mm. And, uh, Stacey, you do a bevy, a plethora, if you will, of other podcasts. Give us some plugs. Yeah. So uh, other podcasts you can find me on, you can find them on theretronetwork.com. Most recently, speaking of the Highlander, uh, we I think I mentioned this last time, but we did uh, a podcast ranking our favorite action shows of all time. And one of mine was the Highlander. So uh, if you want to hear me talk about the Highlander and make fun of his sidekick, Richie, uh, listen to that one at the RetroNetwork.com. It's one of the Bracket Madness 
uh, Bracket Madness podcast. Um, but we have, you name it, if it's related to nostalgia, we've got it. We've got podcasts where we talk about wrestling. We talk about Wizard Magazine. We talk about mm-hmm. comics. We talk about toys. We talk about so much nostalgia. So that is the RetroNetwork.com. Uh, speaking of nostalgia, one of the stars that I saw that I haven't thought about in decades, Chuck Wagner from Auto Man. You guys remember Auto Man? <laughs> yes. Yep. D- didn't he host Love Connection? I don't know what else he did. All I that remember was, was Chuck Auto Man. Oh, okay. That's Chuck Woolery, yeah, you definitely. son of a bitch. <laughs> All those Chuck Woolery Auto Man would be pretty funny. Two. Yeah. Two minutes, two seconds. Who was the celebrity you got the photo with? I did not recognize her. I, I don't know who that celebrity is either. That celebrity is actually <laughs> a, uh, a. It's true. Uh, she's from Supernatural. Uh, she's very, very nice. But she's the favorite celebrity of one of my coworkers. And when my coworker heard I was going to Pensacola, she immediately looked up and begged me to get her a signed picture. And I said, no, I'll get a picture of me standing next to her just to rub it in your fucking face. <laughs> I also got her side picture. <laughs> but she doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. Uh, she's been in a lot of uh, a lot of stuff, actually. Uh, Supernatural and uh, a bunch of other things. I'll, I can uh, post that picture up again. Uh, I also got the picture with the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, Ricky Morton and who's the other guy? Ricky Morton and... Robert Gibson. Robert Gibson, thank you. I have a fun story about Ricky Morton when you're done. Sorry. Oh. Uh, I can't wait. The only thing I was a little uh, peeped at, it said autographs, $30. Yeah, it was 30 bucks each. They got me for 60 bucks. Oh, they LeVar burton oh. you. They LeVar Burton. They LeVar Burton. Burton. <laughs> Shit. Oh. I was like, come on, man. Oh, fucking picture page. You ass. should have said, uh, I only want uh, Ricky because want... he's the only one who sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. I should have used that. I'm sorry I didn't. I also met Britt Baker and Mark Henry. Mark Henry remembered me from uh, Memphis. Uh, he used to come in and I would give him a brown paper grocery bag full of pork rinds because he loved them so much uh, to take home. He's like, hey, you're the pork rind guy. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe. But like, who else gives you a grocery bag full of pork rinds? Greasy, greasy, making through the bag pork rinds to take home. Stacey, I'm dying to hear your Robert Gibson story. Go ahead. No, Ricky Morton. I, so, I don't want to hear that. Uh, I don't have a story about Robert Gibson. I have a Ricky Morton story. Uh, so I don't know if he – I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember if he's – I don't know if he's from where we moved from before – where we lived in Tennessee, uh, the Tri-Cities, kind of uh, northeast Tennessee area. But that is where he lived, <laughs> at least up until a few years ago, because we, my husband and I used to run into him at the flea market all the time. Um, and he, I, he knew my husband because my husband was friends with some guys in uh, a, a small wrestling federation called Southern States Wrestling. Um, and I think he somehow knew Ricky Morton's son too because of the because of that but anyway like most of the time if we ran into him at the flea market it would just be us standing there talking to him like just talking about random stuff so (laughs) i've met ricky morton probably about a dozen times just you know early morning at the (laughs) tri-cities flea market (laughs) 
in uh, nice Florida, Tennessee. To to. Yeah. yeah, he's very nice. Like, he's right. super nice. You'll be a little taken aback if you think all wrestlers are huge. No. <laughs> yeah, they're not. <laughs> they're not that big. And, you know, I forgot one more big shout-out, and i got to make this shout-out personal. Diane, such a, a, a super, super person, such a great friend of the podcast and friend of ours. Uh, she picked me up uh, as as often as I would let her. Uh, I kept begging her not to have to be my chauffeur, but she came and got me uh, in this terrible hotel I was staying at in the middle of Crackville. I think it was called Crackville. Crackville? It's Sounds a right. suburb. Or Methville. It was like crack in Methville, like right on the border, because uh, uh, I didn't uh, jump on a hotel or Airbnb soon enough. Uh, Diane, thank you so much for every single ride you gave me. Every single dinner we went to was a, a true joy. And I uh, just want to say thank you once again for being uh, one of our favorite patrons and one of our favorite people. Thanks a lot, Diane. And oh, and her background costume. How great was that? Oh, yeah. She that did the, uh, the Batgirl, Batwoman from... Uh, what was it? The... 66? From like a 66, no. but a little bit more no. of... Uh, with it's a the World War II one. The bombshells. bombshells. Yeah, she did a Bombshells, bombshells. Batwoman. It was like a take on the Bombshells one, but that was more baseball like, This one was more like 50s also. So it was kind of uh, her own thing, but it was terrific. And she did a great black and white Agatha. Her and her friend did Agatha and uh, uh, Wanda in black and white. And they had the whole gray makeup on and everything, and it was awesome. How oh, wow. sweet. Yeah, it was great. Uh, you mentioned Patreon. What's that about? Patreon, I'm glad you asked. For a mere $1 a month, the price of a hand job in Meth Town, where I was, uh, you can get uh, our Patreon, uh, Patreon subscription. You get to another podcast every single week, and every single dollar goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House. Uh, which is a food pantry here in the Boston area. They feed over 80 families a week, and they even deliver a little bit of fresh produce to some of our uh, folks who can't get out and about. We're just starting that program there. And uh, it's a great cause, and you really do get a lot of bang for your buck out of it. For a buck a month, you can't beat that. Indeed. Indeed. I would also, before we leave, I'd like to plug Downwind Kites at www.downwindkites.com. All one word. Uh, So go fly a kite. Get your kite at Downwind Kites. Did you really think anyone thought that was two words, man? (laughs) They could have been putting spaces in while they were typing. Who knows? They could have been putting spaces or dashes or dots. Don't judge him. I'm judging you. If you want to judge somebody, you can judge Seth and the boys over at whosnextgaming.com. Oh, I will. Is that all one word? Yeah. And don't just go to whosnext.com because that is uh, a different website altogether. Totally. Is that the place I can go to see good, wholesome family fun or get my fill of sex robots? That's the place you go for your sex robots. If you want okay. good, wholesome family fun, you go to your My Fans Only page. Or I assume, right. I assume that's where you go. That's where I go. Wholesome Dom at Patreon. Check it out, people. Don't check it out. No. Okay. <laughs> Don't no. Look away. Look away. Look away. <laughs> horrible. And that is that for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for helping out. Thank you to our Patreon fans. Thank you, Pensacon. Mike, what's this podcast like to you? It's like drunk history, but for comics.
Tommy, any words of wisdom for us? If you haven't gotten your shot, go get your shot. If it takes two shots, get both of them. But go get shot. Josh, Pentagon, 2012. Is that your sector? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 2013. I don't think it was there. I don't think it was 2012. Uh, he's not going to fucking time travel, I assure you of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not even my thing. Josh hates totally time travel. Thing. 2022. Wait, wait, that's right, man. 2022. 2022. Is that your sector? That will be my sector. Oh, my God. We're old, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, any, any last word for us? Um, yeah. It's go, go outside. Because I spent a lot of time in my backyard this weekend, and I really enjoyed it. And sunshine, wear sunscreen, but sunshine is good for you. What does sunshine on the water do? I think it, it makes, makes me, me happy. happy. <laughs> Thank you. And don't forget what I always say. Just promote what you love. Don't, don't bother with what you hate. You'll live longer. Thank you so much for the long box, guys. Yeah.